This episode of the Black Gold Podcast is brought to you in part by the Black Gold Podcast Store, where you can get exclusive Black Gold Podcast merchandise. Here you can purchase the new My Story Matters design on a comfortable t-shirt or in a snug and warm hoodie. Also, you can purchase my new ebook on podcasting called The Podcast Jumpstart Guide to help you get from zero to your first episode teaching you the tools and resources that I've used to build a quality podcast on a low budget. To get your hands on this awesome merch at a discount, go to www.blackgoldpod.com and go to the menu and click on the Black Gold Podcast Store discount button to save 10% off your next order. Hello listeners, on this show I talk with everyday African Americans who were able to transform their passions and struggles into their dreams. I'm your host Moses Tillman Young and welcome to the Black Gold Podcast. In this episode I interview Dorothy Enriquez. She's the creator of the Elevate Collective, a leadership development training agency based in Milwaukee and Dallas. In our conversation, Dorothy and I discuss a brief history of leadership development, how her mentor helped her discover her own creativity, and how one can use accelerators to acquire business skills quickly. Hello and welcome to the Black Gold Podcast. Today, my guest is Dorothy Enriquez. Hello, Dorothy. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. So, so you're in leadership development mm-hmm. and I'm just curious, how did you get into what you are currently doing with your business today? You know, it all started back in the 80s when I just came into this world. But for real, I actually got started with leadership development in college. I was selected as one of the top 10% of leaders at my university. And they basically pull you all in a secret room. It's very Black Hawk Down, Black Ops, whatever, SWAT. And then they put you into this one-year leadership program where you learn about the formal and informal elements of leadership development. And I, the class was at 7 a.m. So that part wasn't great. However, and it was every Thursday. (laughs) And like, you want to turn up on Wednesday, you know, because it it was a school where you didn't have to go to class on Wednesday. So of course you want to turn up Wednesday night, you're rested. But then you got to wake up at the crack of dawn to be at this 7 a.m. class. However, I loved it. I loved everything about it. And I feel like that's when those seeds first got planted, but I wouldn't get into formal leadership development and all of that until many years later. I would go down the path of training and development, personal growth and development, like go down that path first and then really settle in and hunker down into leadership development in the back half of my career. 
Okay, so you got started in college. Well, what year? What semester were you? And what year of college were you when you got um, pulled into that? That's a good question. I don't remember. Maybe I was a junior because I was the, the president of the French club. Apparently, I wrote for Prism, which was the college magazine, which, like, I don't remember that. I had started a dance team, like a um, Pan-African dance troupe. And then I had like three jobs. While I'm not a Jamaican, I am a Belizean. So we're still, you know, on par. And then I was doing a couple other things that I can't even recall, but low key, I was doing too much with a side of more, but it allowed me to be really visible from a leadership standpoint. So I, I probably was a junior. Junior. So you started off a junior, you got pulled into this, as you say, secret. Super secret. Kind of meeting. Yeah. You know, black yeah. class. Let's put you all in this class and put you, like, really set you on a trajectory. Because, I mean, if you think about it, most people don't get formal leadership development. They just don't. You know, maybe yeah. they look if that. But even when you're working, the first company that I worked at didn't even have leadership development. In fact, everywhere that I've worked, almost all the organizations that I worked for, four or five of them, only two of them had a leadership development department. And so it, it just wasn't, and even to this day, there's still organizations that don't have leadership development. Yeah. And so when, when was it that you joined the, the business that didn't have a, a leadership development program? It has to be for dates. August 2006, I think. Okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah. How long would that be? That's 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. That that wasn't even a, like, like a, a field that someone would want to actually go into and study for and become an expert in. So that's incredible. Well, I mean, I think that the field existed. I just, and I don't think I know that it existed. It's just a lot of companies don't have that department, especially small yeah. size companies. They're not going to allocate funds and dollars to leadership development. They'll have learning and development, but to have, or maybe organizational development, but to actually have leadership development, probably not. But some of the bigger, larger companies, yes, they're gonna have a leadership development arm, or at the very least, they're gonna be spending the dollars necessary on consultants to bring them in and make sure that there's that focus. Okay, so you're a junior in college, you can pull decide to join this secret society of future business leaders. And then you, in 2006, you end up being in like on the ground floor of the leadership development team for smaller businesses. And what are you doing today? How would you say those two things, you're being pulled aside and selected and also you being there in 2006 at that almost at the cusp of the beginning stuff, how do you say that that has informed you uh, both today and also in what you're going to be doing in the future? Hmm. I mean, I feel like my philosophy with, with anything, right, is that you can only process it 
right from where you're standing, right? You're processing it right here. So even though I was going through that leadership development intensive, if you will, and trying to overlay it as the president of the French club or working in a group home or, you know, being a French tutor, working in upward bound, whatever. I definitely was trying to overlay it in those things, but it wouldn't be until much, much later that I'd be like, oh, that was really helpful. Because when I first went into the world of work, I did not go into corporate. I was a teacher and I don't know that I was necessarily applying all the things that I learned in leadership development in that intensive. And then from there, I became a training specialist. So I still don't know that I was applying that stuff. I think I was applying more of the content that I learned, you know, when I was obtaining my graduate degree, more so than what I learned during undergrad per se. So it, I mean, it wouldn't be until forever later that I would finally be equipped and optimized to actually connect the dots. And so when I started doing formal leadership development, it was when I was working for a much, much bigger company that had like 10,000 employees. And that at the time had been the biggest organization that I had ever worked for. But I was like, oh, oh, so, oh, okay, yeah. And I feel like that's when I really started to connect those dots. But I had already entered into the personal development space because I had a talk show dedicated to, you know, Gen Y, aka the millennials. I had, you know, created a magazine that really spoke to, you know, my generation. So that personal development piece was there, but I wasn't folding in the professional development side because, well, shoot, I didn't know. And so it would be, quite a bit of time before I would figure it out. So I created my first learning and leadership development firm in 2016, and that was the communication strategist. And now in 2021, we are now known as the Elevate Collective. So it would be from like 2000, when did I go through that leadership class? 2003, probably all the way to 2016, it would take that entire span of time for me to be like, but wait, we've got something here. That's incredible. So it's a, been a 13 year journey for you. From, yeah, start Forever to, making. yeah, just getting started, 2016, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, along the way, were there any uh, people that helped you in terms of giving you insight into like, this is what you can do with your skills. These are some things mm -hmm. that you need to learn along the way. Did you have any, any mentors that came across your Oh my your gosh, path? yes. None of us makes, none of us become phenomenal without help. So I remember the first time that I saw someone doing something kind of similar to what I would end up doing many moons down the, the lane. Her name was Anita Golden. And she invited me, I think I was like 24, 25 years old. And she had her own like HR learning leadership development firm. And she was like, hey, I would love an assistant for the day. Would you be interested? And I'm like, oh, yeah, what do you want me to do? She's like, just, I want you to be there. I want you to be able to dig in. We're going to be doing a team building with this organization. I can't even remember what company it was, but this company 
had hired her to come in and do team building. And she had created this activity where people had GPSs and they literally had to go on this scavenger hunt and find things that would allow them to really ignite how they do work together and then how they do work in pairs. Listen, I made $250 that day. Now let's all be clear based on what I know now. Okay. She probably got paid anywhere from $3,000 to $7,000 to run that day, right? Just based on what I know now. So yeah, more, maybe a little less, but whatever. It was thousands, I'm positive. And I made $250 that day and I was blown away. Let me tell you why. Because I made more money having the time of my life helping this mentor of mine than I would make in one day working at that company that I was working at. And I was like, so wait, because I hated going to work. I hated it. Within 60 days of starting like my first corporate job, I was like, oh no, this is not for me. I, I cannot live like this. I don't know how people do it. I don't understand it. I just, I'm not, it's not for me. My spirit doesn't feel well. And so to see someone, and I was like, you do this every day? She's like, every day. I was like, full time, full time. Can I be like you when I grow up? What, what, what we got to do? What's it going to take? And that, and I just literally, I had done the math. Like, what if I could just be her assistant every day for a month? Well, every business day for a month. I would make more money than this company that has me slaving. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have to make a plan. And she was like, I'm happy to help. And she was my very first coach that helped me to think outside the box. And she is the first person that helped me realize I'm creative. Cause I never thought of myself that way at all, at all, not ever. I'm like, I'm not creative. I'm not innovative. I don't have unique thoughts. I just, I'm regular. No, she's not. She's above average. So Anita was the first person to just kind of like speak life and let me know that there's just more out there than whatever it is that I'm thinking in my head. And that I could literally, if I could think it up, there would be somebody who would be willing to pay me for it. And I, I just will never forget her. I keep in touch with her on purpose because she changed my life. I feel like exposure gives us the opportunity to dream bigger and think differently. And at this juncture in my life, I wanna dream so big that even my dreams have dreams, okay? Cause there's room enough for all of that. I think, you know, a boyfriend that I had who was in the media and entertainment industry solidified the fact that I was creative. And I started to just explore things like writing plays, writing, you know, treatments and things like that. And I was like, wait, so is there a world where I could do things that don't make me feel like this is all pointless. This is all a waste of my time. And I just have to wait until I turn 65 so I could be free. Like there's this whole other world where you can give yourself permission to be as, as dope, as creative, as innovative as you want to be. But it would be years before I would be able to like convince myself enough, bet on myself enough and trust myself enough to be like, you got the juice, go do it full time. It would take years, years. 
wow it's pretty cool to have those kind of people that help you realize like there's more to life than just what i am doing right now i can actually do the things that i want to do other, rather than than doing something that you know you have to do this in order to get to where you want to go eventually just so you can be free from that to do what you really want to do later on in life at 65 retirement age and then you do it yeah about your golden years you know do whatever you want listen, to do listen i want to yeah. enjoy life now i don't want to wait yes i mean it even better do it now and also do it after you're 65 <laughs> you exactly. know exactly. Yeah. yeah 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 so did Anita, did she uh, give you anything to read to help you along your journey? Do you have any books that you personally have found to be helpful in uh, growing your own business and acquiring more skills? I don't think she gave me anything to read. She gave me assignments to do. Because one thing about me, I think I'm still this way a little bit, but I've gotten better, is I live too much up here right? And we can't get a ton done if we live here. We got to live like this, right? And this is this yeah. is challenging to try to live in your head and your heart at the same time. But she's like, if you could do anything, what would you do? I was like, I would be a, this is a 24-year-old Dorothy. I'm like, I would be a senior training specialist. And she's like, aren't you a training specialist now? I'm like, yeah, but it would just be like three steps higher. She's like, that ain't it. What else would you want to do? I'm like, well, I would be a a manager of the training specialist. Dorothy, if you don't, it can't have anything. She said, what if you didn't need any training? What if your educational background was irrelevant? What if money was not an issue? What would you do? I was like, I guess I would run like a leadership department at a company. She's like, no, that's still your background. I was like, God, this is hard. I just, I could not exit. And so she did a couple exercises to help me get out of my head. And the two things that I came up with was I would be a talk show host. I would be, or I might've came up with three. I'd be a talk show host. I would be a music video producer, or I would run a magazine publication. She's like, okay, well, since talk show host was number one, what I want you to do is just draft a document of like, what would it look like? What would the show be about? How much does it cost? Who do you need? What do you need? Where would it be? Da 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 da, la 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 la. Yo, like 70 days later, she produced an entire show. And she wow. just told me to just draft out what it could be like. That's not how her brain works. And I produced an entire show. And that's how Something 20 was born. And after producing a couple episodes, I was like, what's going to happen when I turn 30? But whatever, nevertheless, it was such an amazing experience. And that solidified, I am creative. I am a creative person. I have the capacity to create, be different, innovate, do things differently. And now I realize in that moment, you cannot depend on your job to do everything for you. Like your job, your career is not going to rub your feet, cuddle with you and stroke your hair when you're having a bad day. You need to have a full life and a full experience. And usually work can't do all of that for us. You need some hobbies. You need some friends. You need to connect with your family. You need to have the full breadth and depth so that you can bring your best self. And what I realized in that time frame was that I always need to, if I'm going to be in corporate and survive, 
I always need to have something else that I have to look forward to, whether that's traveling, having a side hustle, whatever the case may be. And Anita, she's the one who taught me that. And then my best friend, she is the one who taught me to soar because when I quit my job the first time, she quit with me and we quit together to go into entrepreneurship and pursue business. And I was like, yo, now that's a friend. We were at the top of our game. We were making the most money we had ever made. I had gotten promoted like a couple months prior and we were like, look, this is what God wants us to do. Let's go. And so I, I've had so many amazing people all along the way. And even now as a, a full-time business owner, I have this gal pal who is the ultimate hype woman. If a business deal goes south, if somebody just, you know, isn't rallying, if something crazy happens, I know that I can call her and be like, look, can you gas me up? I mean, I was in the Forbes Coaches Council in 2019, all the way through 2020. And she's the one who got me in there. She's like, this looks like a great opportunity. I'm going to nominate her. Like, we got to have those kind of people every step of the way because it's about to be hype. So we need to have hype men and hype women in our sphere of influence so that we know, you know what? I have capacity. I can keep going. I can do this. Yeah, and they're also very helpful to, in those moments, when you don't know what to do, you're just stuck, yeah. or you are, you feel as if, if you do something else next, that it's going to be wrong, and so you're just paralyzed, mm -hmm. essentially, and so what they can do is they can also give you that motivation that even if you do fail, in fact, you are just learning, and so you can just continue to go on that journey right. and do whatever you have to do next and that way you can be always motivated and you always move ahead one step at a time yeah totally yeah so in after your friend quit your job with you were there any instances where she being your your motivator were there any instances where you were both uh, down down in the dumps after a certain thing went wrong or something like that that everything went wrong I mean we quit our jobs and we're like man we don't need a backup plan we have faith we got this this is what God told us to do let's do it look we were both promptly back at work six months later I mean, I know for me, I was so broke and so broken. I just was like, what a colossal failure. Wow. Yeah. And my dad was like, Dorothy, this is the perfect time to fail. And I was like, what? What are you even saying? He's like, you're young. You're not married. You don't have any children. It's just you. If you don't yeah. fail and it's just you, Dorothy, you're young, you're smart, you're intelligent, like you're competent and capable. You can do this. You can bounce back from this and you can try again if you want to. And I was like, I am never going to try this again. Not never. I have $75 and I need to hide my car just to make sure they don't try to repossess it. Like, what? I'm never going to do this again. And he's like, I think you will just give it some time. So I have to go back and get a job. And so I get a job as a contractor and it's a six month opportunity. And I'm like, bet 
All I need is six months. I just, cause I need to get back in fighting shape. You know what I'm saying? And five years later, actually, in fact, no, not five, seven, seven years later, that's how long it would take me to, no, I'm lying. No, five. Okay. Five years later is when I would attempt to go full-time again. And that was three years ago. So I have been full-time, made more money than I did the first time, took the lessons I learned, did the after action review so I wouldn't make those same mistakes again. And my dad was right. I did do it again, but I did it better. I did it smarter and I did it strategically because now, right, I did it and I was like, in the middle of a divorce, I had an infant, I had quit my job, everything was at stake this, this second time around. So I'm glad I had done it once before so that I would be prepped. So yeah, we had some hard yeah. time. We both had to move back in with our parents and we were like 30 and we were like, WTF, who lives with their parents at this age? We do. So, yeah. Wow. So that's, so you both quit at the same time. You and your friend then have to get jobs. Is it at the same place that you guys get jobs or? No, we, I mean, she works in tech and I typically ended up in operations, sales or HR, even though I was always doing training and development, every company puts it in a different spot. So we ended up at different, at different organizations and we didn't live in the same, by the time we did that, we no longer lived in the same city. Okay. So, you know, you both quit together six months later, roughly you guys are back at the, back in the workforce. And so then you went, you guys moved back home with your parents Yep. and you then built this new business and your Elevate Collective is now, as you said, three years going uh, strong and, and healthy. That's really amazing. Yeah, I feel like life shows you things and then you download that and then you parlay it into the next big thing. One, yeah. So over the course of the years of rebuilding up your business to where it is today mm-hmm. have there been any uh, tools or resources that you've utilized in order to get it to where it is right now yes first of all having entrepreneurial friends like friends who are in business full-time so that you have a support system if you are in business full-time often in your circle you're probably the only one who has a business full-time your friends may have side hustles or, you know what I'm saying? But that's not the same as being full-time in a business. It is just not, I don't care what nobody says, it's not the same. So being able to have friends who can relate to the ups and the downs, especially if you can find friends in your same industry. And I know some industries are like super cutthroat and ain't nobody helping and ain't nobody telling you nothing. But if you can find some friends who are doing something similar to you, then you can really find that tribe where y'all can commiserate uh, and convene and discuss the things that impact that space that y'all are in. I think that reading is fundamental. Leaders read. 
And so you should forever be reading. I think if you're going to be a business owner, you need to complete accelerators. I would say, depending on where you are, what your goals are, maybe in the first five years, try to participate in two or three accelerators so that you can learn the ABCs of business. So you go through accelerator one, where especially for people of color, you go through that first accelerator where you're getting the ABCs. I, bruh, why are you mixing personal finances with business? Because the way that we come into business as people of color is just not the same as white folks. It's just not, right? And so we need our own accelerators so that we can have these very important conversations and not have to feel bad that we don't know, right? Like if we're in a space and everybody looks the same, it's like, dang, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. And that's okay. Let's fix it. You know, don't be out here having a business and you don't have a business license. What the hell? If somebody comes after you, they could take everything you own if you're not protected yeah. by this entity you know but we need to be in a space where it's all just us so that we can have those important conversations so after you finish that you know one 101 accelerator you could go to the 201 where in this accelerator you know maybe you need to be making i don't know between 75 and 100k a year to be able to submit you know to be able to participate and the one there's a bunch of different ones. You just have to look at what's in your city and some of them are national. And some of them don't have like an income requirement, but you want to just figure out what's that next accelerator that's going to help you elevate and go to the next level. And then from there, you want to try to participate in something that's like national to get you that visibility, right? So I'm in an accelerator right now. This is my third one, right? So I've been in business for five years three years full-time and this one is a national one so i'm in the caress i fund women accelerator and that will give you some really big visibility when you're trying to create that awareness because not that you're not dope people just don't know you so how can you get that visibility yeah and so the accelerator it's a program that usually lasts for how long would you say a couple weeks everyone is different so the one that I, so I was teaching a business accelerator called Rise. That one was a little long. It was like 14 weeks. And then it ends with a pitch. The accelerator that I went through was a 10-week accelerator. But it was so intense. I mean, it was like four, three hours on Tuesday, two hours on Thursday. And so it was like five to six hours every week for 10 weeks straight. So that I think is pretty intense. And the one that I'm going through now, it requires you to take courses, you get coaching, and then you also, which the other one you get coaching, the courses were all live. This one, the courses are digital. You participate in a weekly coaching and development session, and then you have private coaching sessions, and then it culminates in a pitch. But I think that going through accelerators, it's going to help you establish the tribe that you're looking for as a business owner, especially if you're like, dang, all my friends have nine to fives. That's okay. Find your people, go through an accelerator, continue to learn about business. Because again, as people of color, we don't always have the business acumen that people who don't look like us do. And so we want to be able to not just be dope at what we do, but to have the business sense to back it up 
and make the money that we deserve. Because here's what's true. The average black female entrepreneur makes about 43K a year. How are we gonna create legacy on 43K? Yeah. So we gotta make sure that we're finding our tribe and that we're getting the education that we need to, to get. The average adult in the United States reads about one book every four years. That is pathetic. If you're going to be a business owner, you need Wait, to one book every four years, one book every four years, if that. Wow. And the average American I thought it was at least a book a year. No. And the average American is reading at like an eighth grade level. Like, so <laughs> we, we have to like step our game up. We need to be reading, you know, read uh, 10X, right? That one's written by Grant Cardone. If you don't, and then again, for my folks who are like, I hate reading, fine, get audible. Read 10X, read Who Not How, read, you know, depending on who it is that you serve, maybe read the memo, read Ryan Holiday's books. Those are The Obstacle is the Way. Like, those are incredible. Your head with everything that you need. Read, I think it's called The Originals. Like, that book is so dope. Like, read everything get your hands on put everything into your skull and figure out you know what do you need to do to really ignite and bring this business to life i mean read the four-hour work week or you know read i mean i feel like i read a lot so for me especially because of what i do i just finished reading a few weeks ago when women ruled the world because i'm just like girl power all day long And I needed to have statistics that date back to before Christ about why women should be in power. And so I needed to have all my information together. That book was amazing. Those Egyptians are nuts, but I love it. And they understood the value of having women pharaohs. Mic drop. So read, 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 read. If you don't like reading, just listen on Audible and get everything that you need. And absolutely work on your leadership. Even if you are just a powerhouse of one, you still need to work on your leadership development because nobody is ever building a business to be a a powerhouse of one forever. You're going to need people. And if you need no one to help you execute, your dreams are too little. You're going to need people. Even if they're all subcontractors, you're still going to need people. And you want to work on your leadership development while you're alone because you need to first start influencing yourself so that you can master that and continue to master it for the rest of your life, but then now figure out how to insert other humans into your mix as you get other people on board with your vision because the vision was given to you, not them. And if you're not working on your leadership, it's going to be a hot mess when you start bringing on the peeps. Yeah, and also it's the idea of you need to get get yourself right first, then you can help yourself, help others with what you have learned. And it's not simply with what you've learned, but it's also what you have in excess of. So then that way you are always full and you're always ready and able to help other people. So you are giving off your overflow rather than you are just simply draining yourself to give to others. There it is. Say it again for the people in the back. Yeah. And also... I agree. You need to have a sense of knowing exactly what you need to do so that way you are 
you're both you're both able to do what you want to do you're free to do it whatever you want to do yeah you're also able to be protected by things like if something goes wrong if there's an accident or something then that way you're covered and mm -hmm. then if your business was under that's okay because you're not affected by it anyway and you can always you know start up against something else but yeah. if it's if you are if you're not protected by anything in terms of separating your business from yourself then that's what really gets you mm, yes and business owners do not be running out here without insurance mm -hmm. get insurance for your business especially if you are going you know physically to clients and depending on what you do that's going to determine what kind of insurance you need you know but for me i think it's a million dollar policy for like liability right what if something happens when i'm at the client site y'all need to have insurance and depending on what industry you're in, you also need like malpractice insurance. What if you do something wrong? Maybe you're a chiropractor or maybe you do nails. What if, what if their finger falls off? Mm -mm, mm -mm. Make sure you're covered. So what would you say in terms of people who are looking for insurance? Is there a certain organization that you have found to be very helpful in terms of having policies that are fair? I mean, the insurance company that I ended up partnering with was local and they were recommended to me. So again, if you've got that circle of business owners and y'all are all in the same state, then you will wanna check in and say, okay, well, who, who do y'all have insurance through? And then if, if everyone's like, none of us have insurance, okay, who are the friends outside of the circle that maybe have been in business a little bit longer? They probably have insurance. Like if this is your first year, so being honest, you know what I'm saying? My first several businesses, I did not have insurance. Plus I didn't know. That's why I'm telling y'all. But with the last business, I had booked a, a pretty big client and they were like, sis, you cannot come over here without insurance. I mean, if you gonna come over here on our campus, you need insurance. And I was like, oh. So I called my business gal pal, who's been in the game like 20 years. And she was like, this is who you go with, right? So, you know, I, I think it's one of those things, again, I was just talking about this on my Biz Chitter Chat Live on Instagram, like, you don't know what you don't know. And as business owners of color, we're yeah. often hitting our head, like, dang, that hurt. I'll never do that again, though. And I, I think often we're just learning the hard way. But that's why you want to get this gaggle, this army of entrepreneurial pals where y'all can share these war stories, you know, because as my gal pal and Elevate founding partner, Dr. Lacey always says, look, when the tide comes in, all boats lift, right? So if I help you and you help, you know, her and then she helps him and we're all in the same community, we all win, right? So I think it's a matter of like sharing what you know, not being stingy and playing it close to the vest and, and being transparent about the mistakes that you make because none of us are perfect. Nobody knows what they're doing. They're just figuring it out as they go. And then being willing to be uh, a source of assistance and help and guidance and advice for the people who want it. Yeah, and it's also the idea that if you have something that goes wrong, 
that you know what to do next and that you have researched and done things. You know, you've done preventative maintenance on the things that could have gone wrong. And yeah. if you do have something that you have to actually fail at, you need to make sure that there's something huge that you could not have learned before. But right. then after you fail at that thing once, then you can know to how to jump back from that if it ever happens to you again. And also you can yeah. help other people with the information yeah. as well. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So during this time, during COVID-19, what have you learned regarding doing things virtually and doing in-person stuff? Has there been, a, has the learning curve been huge or has it just been, you know, little tweaks here and there in order for you to operate ah, business to suit listen. the current environment? Any business owner that survived COVID-19, this is what I got for you. Because COVID took out so many business owners, so many businesses collapsed. So if you survived and your business is still alive, even if dangling by a thread, even if there's not a lot of money in the bank, pat yourself on the back because there are so many businesses that we're just not even going to know who they are because they did not survive and they're not about to make a comeback. COVID almost took me out. Shoot. I almost died. Like I had built a 100% completely face-to-face leadership development firm. Why? I don't know. I don't know why I did that. Because be clear, when I started my journey in corporate, the whole bloody thing was virtual. All of it. So the fact that it never occurred to me to have a virtual arm just blows my little mind. You know what I'm saying? But like, I was a team of one. I didn't make like my first hire until, shoot, 2019, right? So I started the communication which is now the Elevate Collective. And I did not bring somebody on until 2019. The first person that I brought on was an accountant. I know y'all are thinking like, oh my God, that's what it's. No, it's not. It's an investment. And so you want to make sure that you- Yeah, it's a smart one. Absolutely. You will not find any business is doing well and they don't have somebody managing the books and the accounting. You won't find any big firm that doesn't have an accounting department. Not never. They may not have a leadership development department, but they should, but they have an accounting department. <laughs> that was the first investment, but yeah. I, um, COVID almost took me out. I had this face-to-face business in March. I was facilitating an entrepreneurial accelerator, which is why I'm like, everybody should go through a few and one of my students was like, you know, what if they, what if they shut down the city? And I was like, what are you talking about? They are not shutting down nothing. And I said, that's impossible. And he was like, yeah, but they shut down the university. I said, what university? And he was like, the University of Milwaukee. And I was like, what? For how long? Wow. And he was like, I think it's indefinitely right now. I was like, brother. Within two weeks, everything I can, I said, this is your fault. What did you, what did you put out <laughs> to the universe? What is happening? You jinxed it. Gosh. Absolutely. So <laughs> in March, literally all my clients canceled. And I just was like, wow. What in the Cheeto Satan? That, uh. so I just was like, like what am I going to do? 
for money. I have a kid. I have this house. Like, what am I going to do? And I literally feel like for two weeks, I literally sat in a corner, like rocking back and forth, doing the ugly cry, like the whole world is shut down. What? Yeah. What am I supposed to do? And I was watching this live. So this is when the like Instagram was practically breaking because people were going live every day. And I was watching this, this group called the, oh my God, what are they called? Oh Jesus. Well, they're amazing. And I can't remember their name because I need to clearly. And so they had done a live on how businesses are pivoting. And I was like, yeah, that's what I need to do. And I just, I had, I was so like, I don't know what to do. My poor brain just locked up. It like coagulated and just, it was all congealed. And so after like rocking back and forth, not being able to think, but grateful that my child's daycare was still open. I was like, all right, That's let's nice. make an ebook. Let's make an ebook and let's pivot from businesses since they're not participating. And then let's, let's pivot to individuals because everybody is on the internet right now because they're not working. And then in the midst of working on that, it sparked something in my head like, what if we did all the classes virtual? And I reached out to my clients yeah. and they were like, how would we do that? I sent over my ideas. I reached over to my business partner. Like, how do you feel about virtual? She was like, virtue what? No, I don't know. And she was like, well, if you're going to help me, <laughs> let's do it. And so I was like, okay, bet. I will help you. We will redesign your courses. You got this. I'll be there every step of the way. Let's go. And I reignited my business, added a B2C arm, recultivated the B2B arm and began the process of, you know, like having my snapback game. Right. And I ended, I ended up making more money in 2019 or in 2020 than I did in 2019. So it worked. I figured it out. That's incredible. Yeah, and it's very funny. As, as you said before, you said that your mentor, Miss Anita, she had you write up a proposal for a what you thought to be a fictional talk show. But now, as you can see, dots connecting, as you said earlier before, like that thing, learning how to write that, that fictional proposal now helped you to write out letters to your clients saying, look, this is a set of things right now. What we can do is this yep. instead those that are interested, you know, sign up here. And so that that's really, that's amazing just to see how everything just, you know, clicks in together like puzzle pieces Yeah, and how things are supposed to work out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Leadership is the spark to innovation every single, I don't care what nobody says, every single time. Wow. Well, Dorothy, this has been a wonderful episode with you. Thank you for your time. I have one more question for you. And that is, if you had the ability to send a worldwide text, what would your message be? I guess if I was going to send a worldwide text, the message would be that you are required to lead from every seat you sit in 
And when you have an opportunity to reach back and bring someone else along, especially if you are ahead or privileged, bring a woman of color with you. Any specific reason why you would say that? that that's pretty amazing. Well, I say that because that is the non-negotiable. You are required to lead from every seat you sit in. Doesn't matter what seat that is. It could be seat of brother, cousin, friend, board member, corporate citizen, business owner. Leadership is the cornerstone of making waves and being truly successful and sustaining that over time. And so if you're not leading yourself, how in the world can you lead anybody else? And the reason why I say if you are privileged or you are just a couple steps ahead to reach back and bring a woman of color, because we know that for women across the board, the way that we ascend into leadership looks different. But fundamentally, if no one becomes phenomenal without help, how amazing would it be if we knew that at some point people would reach back, come and get us and not drag us along, but bring us along. The world would be a better place. Absolutely. Dorothy, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Yes, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Black Gold Podcast. Please subscribe and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow the show on Instagram at the Black Gold Pod in order to be updated about new episodes each week. In order to listen to incredible and inspiring stories, please go to the Black Gold Podcast website and make a donation so the stories of these incredible and amazing people will be waiting for you each and every week so that you may be inspired and become an inspiration to someone else.